I can't give you what you want if that's all right. So if you stay with me tonight, I apologize. Yeah. And how do you do that? How do you fill your cup? You know, how do you continue to kind of um, grow and learn and yeah, just be open to new experiences and not get stuck in the past. That's Nikki Bloom. I'm Jamie Green, and this is Trading Force. I'm going to Kansas City. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Jamie Green, and this is episode 106. Have you ever tried to make a major change in your life? Like a dramatic change? It's hard, right? I would say it's extremely hard. We humans make habits easily, and it takes a ton more effort to break them. There's a lot of talk in the world today about finding your quote-unquote true authentic self, but what does that mean exactly? And how do you know when you found it? Today's guest, Nikki Bloom, asks those questions and delves into the answers as part of her journey in her brand new album, Avondale Drive. Five years ago, she left her hometown in San Francisco and moved to Nashville as part of her profound reset of her life. She found success with Nikki Bloom and the Gramblers, but she said she went through a lot of trauma with that, a painful divorce, estrangement, and much more. The new album, Avondale Drive, is an examination about a fresh start, rebirth of a career as a solo artist, and much more. As she herself says, quote, This album is a lot about building trust back in myself, finding my own inner compass, and aligning it to my authentic self. Unquote. I've always believed the best music comes out of truth, no matter how painful. But this album isn't simply a lament, it's an acknowledgement of growth and a triumph of new beginnings. You're really going to dig it. So I was so excited when Nikki agreed to come on my podcast. I've loved her voice for over a decade now. And now she's found her true authentic voice musically. That's even better. So let's get started. Here's my conversation with Nikki Bloom. Yeah, I, I, did, I did a little a little research. Well, you're, you're ahead of 90% of the class that is... <laughs> Previous podcast guests. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, it's such a joy. I uh, I've followed you for a long time, and and uh, it's just funny how what catches your eyes. I'm a huge Hall and Oates person, so obviously that was the first thing. But that's been God, how long has that been? That's been a long time. When was ten, that? Yeah, ten years. It just was ten years this March. Yeah. No, I, I loved it. He he needs to have you at live from Daryl's house. I we've done it. We well, he's not doing it the the way that he was. I don't think that's like you go and you cook and you do that, I don't right? think he's that anymore. He just has the venue now, which we okay. did years ago, um, and it was great. But yeah, I loved that like cool. You know, he had the, he used to have the band over, and you would go cook a meal, and you would like record a song. Yeah, I don't think he's doing that anymore. But what a great concept! It was such a cool idea and he was the first to do it um and had some i mean butch walker is probably my favorite episode i mean there's been so many great ones oh i love butch he's 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 not my neighbor but you know he lives in nashville now too yeah Yeah. well if you're ready to go i mean we kind of started but you want to start for real 
Well, uh, thank so <laughs> thanks so much for coming on the podcast. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, one of my real ground rules for this podcast is I'm all about the creative process. I don't want to hear about the drama. I don't want to hear about your worst gig. And I, you know, it, it doesn't interest me. Uh, but this album is so, I don't want to say raw, but it's very heartfelt and it's very putting your, your heart on your sleeve. And I'm just going to read this one quote because it, it kind of sets the scene if you're okay with that. Sure. So this song, this quote is, now I'm in town starting over, but it ain't like San Francisco. I had a finely tuned machine, but it wasn't fueling me. A full tank of gas don't mean you got somewhere to go. Um, that kind of sums it up, right? It does. Yeah, it does. It does kind of sum it up. Um, that song, you know, it's it's called Wheels Rolling. And it's just, it's interesting, you know, when you're an artist or an entrepreneur or self-employed or anybody who is working for themselves, it's like to keep that machine going and to keep that fire lit and to keep that inspiration up and the motivation, it's, it's a real thing, you know, and when you're in the middle of like a success spurt, it's really easy to just say yes to everything coming your way. And when that kind of dies down, you know, things shift and change and it's, um, it's a different game that you're playing, you know? And so I would say the past five years or so have really been, wrapped up in that line that you just read, um, which is trying to, you know, keep the wheels rolling and, and keep forward motion and, you know, keep optimistic and keep inspired. And, and how do you do that? How do you fill your cup? You know, how do you continue to kind of um, grow and learn and um, yeah, just be open to new experiences and not get stuck in the past? You know, it's so interesting because I think change is really easy to talk about, but profound change is hard and it takes a lot of tenacity. And it's, you know, um, your, your song Sweet Surrender really spoke to me because it's so true. You like you today's a new day. Maybe I can do a little better than I did yesterday. It's, it. it's hard to make changes. It Change is hard. Change is necessary. Change is unavoidable. You know, so it's like. I feel like I spent um, the earlier part of my life sort of being afraid of change or, you know, um, just the unknown at times was almost too much to bear. Um, but the, the more uh, you accept the unknown, <laughs> the easier change becomes. And that's been a real thing for me. And I think a lot of us, you know, just over the last two years, it's like there's been so much unknown on a global level. We've all been forced to face change and yeah. the unknown, you know, yeah, you get, and, you get and that's growth. When we have, when we're forced to look at that and deal with it and do it, we grow. Yeah, you got to be real comfortable with yourself. You're sitting in your house for 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, know? you yep. can't, you can't avoid everything by just running a million miles a second and just, you know, not having to have those internal conversations. Oh my God. The internal conversations. That was sweet surrender for me. I mean, that song was really me like talking myself off a ledge. It, I remember it was in the middle of the pandemic. I was sitting in the backyard and I had all these ruminating thoughts, which is very normal for me to have, you know, ruminating thoughts. 
And I have tools in my toolbox to help me get through them or get the hamster off the wheel. And songwriting is definitely one of those things for me. So that song was like talking myself down, creating a mantra I needed to hear, you know. Um, it may be my favorite. Thank you. Cool. That's, I mean, that's I, I really dug the whole thing, but that one, you know, I, I try to meditate twice a day, Nikki. And, uh, you know, everybody thinks meditation is you're supposed to sit there and like, don't think, don't think. And it's not that it's, it's actually just kind of monitoring what you're thinking and being present in the moment. And that's hard. Totally. I love the, um, good on you for meditating twice a day. That's, that's amazing. I, I, I would love to commit more to a practice of meditation, but I've been told, you know, one thing that's helpful is like, your thoughts aren't going to stop. You can look at them kind of like clouds and be like, oh, there's that thought again. Yeah. Floating by, you know, categorize them. Um, but yeah, the thoughts, the thoughts don't stop. I think it's just changing your relationship to them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk about changing relationships, San Francisco to Nashville. That's a little bit of a cultural shock. Um, yeah. I, I mean, obviously you traveled there a lot, touring and stuff, but what was it like to actually live there? It's amazing. I mean, I live on, um, I just moved from East Nashville. I now live in a more rural part of town. So I have some acreage. I'm dressed like this because I literally just planted my garden. I'm kind of in the middle of it, but you know, I have room, I have room to, to garden. I have room for my dog to run. I live right next to a park. Um, you know, it's, it's beautiful. I felt really out of sorts when I first moved here, I didn't know what any, any of the trees were. I didn't, I saw a Cardinal for the first time, you know, coming from the West coast, it's like all the flora and fauna is so different. And the, the thing that really grounded me and got me comfortable being here was learning about the flora and the fauna a little bit more piece by piece. And it's still such a steep learning curve, but you know, those are the things that started to ground me. Um, and it's been five years now. And I told myself I would stay for at least five years and I've hit that mark and I'm not sure I'll ever leave. So, so it was, it's, it's home, but it's, it, it's very much home. So do you garden because it's good for your, your health because it's healthier food? Do you garden because it's kind of meditative? Why, why do you garden Nikki? Well, I have, um, I'm on three acres now, so I have the room and the people who lived here before had these beautiful raised beds that were totally overgrown. And, um, it was a combination of like guilt and, um, you know, I, I do love to eat healthy and I love to not have to drive to the market. Um, I eat a lot of, uh, it's a dish called kitchery, which you really need very few ingredients for. Um, and I was like, I could just grow this stuff and it'd be so much easier. So, combination of a lot of things. Um, and it is meditative. Um, I have a, a good friend, uh, who is really into her garden and gardening right now. And she's gave me the, you know, the courage and the support to just be like, just do it, go in there. Cause I was almost paralyzed for a minute. Like I'm going to do it wrong. I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know, I've had smaller gardens before and they've worked out fine, but, um, I needed her to push me over the edge. And, and now it's, the seeds are in the ground and now we just wait and see. I'm like, does touring it, will be interesting. Does it help you to, what's that? I said, touring will be interesting because yeah. watch the garden. <laughs> You're going to have to find somebody to watch the garden. I don't think the dog's going to be able to do it. <laughs> no, and she usually comes on tour. So. Oh, does she? 
when I can bring her. Yeah. I just had Tanya Donnelly on, um, and and she was great. But it was her dog was in the background. Just sleep. Do dogs have the best life or what? Best I mean, life. I was like, they get to live in our nice house and do, and they don't have to do jack shit. They have, their to do list is nothing. Loving you, which is a great thing, but. Anyway, and I was saying, I was kind of laughing because my wife went on her first business trip um, a couple weeks ago, and we really thought that her dog, our dog, I mean, he's, she's the favorite. I mean, he likes us all, but, you know, compared to her. Yeah. And, and my younger son was here, and I was like, I think we need to take note of the vet. Like, I think, you know, like, he's not eating. He's not oh. doing anything. No, he was just depressed. He just missed his mommy. And when he oh. came home, and, and with Tanya, she said, it's so bad when I go on the road we have to give him medication. My husband has to give him medication. So I assume you love the fact that you don't have to do that. You can bring your dog with you. She's great. I mean, and honestly, if I do have to leave her here, we have such a great support system of people who will come and watch her. Um, and she's so friendly. Like I dropped her off the other day at my friends to watch her. And I was like, bye birdie. And she kind of looked at me for a second and was just like all about, you know, Dawn her her favorite one of her favorite people that sits her so we're lucky to have a good community of people that love her and I'm actually um puppy sitting for my friend this weekend she has a red healer puppy and I have a red healer so I kind of get to go back in time and have the puppy version of birdie which I'm very excited about that's great now uh dog's so needed during the pandemic and the quarantine especially you know yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of nice just they, they didn't know what the hell they were just excited everybody was home yeah oh yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. uh one of the things i speaking of quarantine i noticed and i i love whimsy i i mean i'm all about being a serious artist we, we've just been talking about your new album which is fabulous and i'll put in the show notes how to you know when it comes out on june 3rd and how to buy it and please go out and support live music is what i always tell people come out and see you in your tour uh, but the fact that you sat around and did TV theme songs, I assume that was in your living room. Where were you? Yeah, we were at my house. We were at my old house. Um, yeah, it was just kind of fun and something to do to make us laugh. And, you know, the van sessions, what you referred to earlier, the Hollow Notes thing, that really was out of literally just being bored in the van and driving around. And this kind of was the same thing of like, it's a combination of nostalgia and like boredom and just wanting to do something fun and musical without any real like seriousness or depth. Just like, do you remember that show? Oh my God, that theme song. Well, and I think it actually really um, was born because my boyfriend, Jesse Wilson, his mother, Teresa James is an incredible musician, um, lifer, singer, piano player. And she actually has sang um, on a few theme songs. Um, Step by Step is her okay. voice. Day by day. That's great. <laughs> she sings on the Reba theme song. I mean, she's also a Grammy, you know, nominee and a, an incredible, you know, musician outside of television theme songs. But it was kind of like, oh my God, your that's your mom. I grew up listening to your mom. And we just had a bout of like, you know, talking about how much we love theme songs and how, you know, you have like different things, right? Like smell for me is a very like memory jarring um, situation. Theme song, like music is very nostalgic for me. Um, and so I just love like igniting the nostalgia. It's just, it's a fun thing to do. And it kind of puts me back in a place of 
of childhood or good memories or, you know. Well, the media was so, I mean, we had three channels, four if you count PBS. Yeah. So we have all this, you know, my kids now and I love them and, but it's instant gratification. They want to look at anything from any time stuff, but we had, so when you play a theme song, like when I, I think you did Laverne and Shirley or something like, like, it wasn't like I thought Laverne and Shirley was the greatest show ever. It was because there's nothing else on. And so, like you said, that there's that memory of that. I mean, I can still see them going down the street and that whole, the beginning of the show. So it's kind of cool. At the bottle company. Right. Like, yeah. Then it totally jumped the shark when they went to California and everybody followed them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's either that or when they put the kid on the show is when you know the show is, I mean, it's why they literally call it jump the shark because Fonzie jumped the shark and that's when happy days. Right. That's right. why they call it that. That's so funny. Crazy. So, uh, you were talking about your your boyfriend's mom. Did you? I think you probably instantly know. There's it's crazy stupid how many talented people there are in that town. Oh, so she is in in Los Angeles, but okay. yeah, there are so many. I mean, that's a big part of why I moved here is because there's just so much music. Um, you know, the songwriting aspect of it is really cool. That's that's really why I moved out here. Um, at the time in 2015. 16 I started coming out here to write and I really didn't know that that culture existed of like you show up in a room and you sit down and you write um with strangers with friends you know I just I had never experienced that before and I really loved how it was organized I loved like the regiment of it um and I ended up coming back quite a few times before I moved here just to write and you know, not only that, there's just so many musicians, there's so many people, um, you know, just wanting to make a go of music. And some people come here and they continue a music career and some people parlay into different things. But, you know, even a musician who moves here and decides to do something else, they still have that in their blood, you know? So it's like, it's it's like very rich soil for music. Yeah. In it's like actors in LA. Like you can't not bump into a musician in Nashville. It's it's really true. I know. It's like sometimes I actually just don't even want to be honest when people ask me what I do. Mo mostly because they say, oh, what kind of music do you play? Which is my least favorite question in the world because how can we just put our whole catalog of songs into one genre. It just blows my mind that that's still like a question that I have to answer mm -hmm. <laughs> that I hate. So I actually am like, you know, it'd be a way more fun to describe music is like movie descriptions. Like, uh, it's kind of like, this song's kind of rom-com. This song's kind of drama, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to try to pigeonhole, you know, what it is that you do. Yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter, they were arguing whether the Eagles were country or rock. And it's like, who the fuck cares? That was 50 years ago. Why are we still having these silly, like, who cares? Well, I think that's like the easiest one. It's country rock. Right. They literally put the two words together to describe. <laughs> and also it's just the Eagles. They, they need no genre description. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, you're Linda Ronstadt's backing band. That's a pretty good way to start a career. Yeah. I she's a so. she's a total badass mm -hmm. uh well speaking of musician stuff i mean there's so many people we could talk about but aj croce this is really cool 
Um, can you talk to me a little bit about how you, uh, how did this happen? Who reached yeah. out to who? So I've known AJ for like 20 years. Um, we both lived in San Diego for a number of years and had a lot of mutual friends, mutual friend groups. So I've been friends with AJ for a long time. And when I moved to Nashville, um, I ended up connecting with him like for a drink or whatever and realized he's my neighbor along with Steve Poltz. So we were all like San Diego friends from years ago and then realized we were all living and walking distance from each other in Nashville. So I reconnected with AJ when I moved here and we just get along. I mean, he really feels like a brother. Um, it's interesting. I, you know, those people that you meet and have in your life and it's just like kismet. It's just, you, you feel like you've known them forever. You have so much in common and we just really enjoy like writing together, hanging out. We both love drinking martinis and, you know, we just, um, very organic, really natural, um, writing together, recording, uh, love despair, the song that, that shows up on my record. It took us maybe 30 minutes to write. And then it was like, all right, let's go get dinner. You know, really? it's very easy, very, very organic. Um, and he's just a really dear friend. So it was a no brainer to work with him. And, and I always, I, I hope to always work with AJ. Well, it's, it's so great because um, he's had a lot of tragedy in his life. I mean, and I don't want to go through all of it because it, it's, we're talking about you and stuff. And I think, but I just perseverance, just the way that that guy has overcome so much and can still pour his heart out in a song. It's really remarkable. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could, I think I might have just crawled up into a ball and kind of given up at this point. I mean, it's, it's something to be said. Well, and it's not only that it's like, he does it with the most incredible optimism and he's just like a delightful person to be around he's super professional he's really kind and yeah it's like beyond persevering it's like he's thriving he really right. is. yeah that's great i mean it's amazing um so you recorded this at home correct Yes. So we were all set up. I mean, it was in the middle of the pandemic. So we were all set up to record at home. And I think most musicians were. So everybody had like recording, you know, situations set up at their house that actually were pretty decent. So we sent tracks all around the country to LA, to New York. I mean, everywhere. So um, it's a lot of people recording at home. Jay Bellaros, he's an incredible drummer out of Los Angeles. His partner, Jen Condos, is a bass player. Like that rhythm section is ridiculous. And he literally, Jay, in his living room, has a giant patio umbrella set up in his living room. And his drums are set up beneath the patio umbrella inside the living room. I mean, people got really creative and people got really inspired, I think, to just record from home, you know, because musicians were stuck at home and they wanted to play and they wanted to record. And it was kind of the perfect time to do it like that because everybody was bored and available. Carl Denson, I mean, he's like the busiest guy in show business. I couldn't get him to, you know, to play on my record in normal circumstances, but because he was home, he was like, yes, yes, please. You know, yeah. so like we- the one bright spot of this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, we ended up getting really incredible players to um, to play on this record. Eric Slick from Dr. Dog, Aaron Ray. She's a Nashville um, incredible artist. Um, 
I mean, the list goes on, but it was a, it was a good time to do it that way. And we got a lot of really cool, cool friends, generous friends to, to play on it. So do you foresee yourself doing this from here on out for your career? Or is this something that's, or do you want to go back to a traditional studio when this is completely done? Well, since moving out to a, a more rural place, we actually have an outbuilding that we're turning into a studio. So the hope- You need to have that, live from not, Nikki's house. We just figured this out. Yes. Right? That idea. That'd yes. be really cool. It would be really cool. I want an invite so, now. Done. I mean, you're co-creator after all. Yeah. yeah. So the idea is to to record. I mean, I I love going into. There's so many amazing studios. So like, I would still love to go and record. You know, like Matt Rossbang. He produced my last record, and he just created a brand new studio in Memphis that I'm like dying to go check out. Um, but yeah, the idea is to to make records here as well. That working from home, man, I've been doing it for 11 years. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Especially since you're on the road all the other time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume when you get off the road, you're not like, Hey, let's go on vacation. You're probably like, I need to get caught up on Netflix and lay around like, correct. Yes. So. Yes. Yes. Well, you're the second Californian I've had on that moved from California to uh, Nashville. The other being Maya Sharp, but she's from uh -huh from Alex. She's super cool. Uh, I, I asked her this. I, I, I'm always kind of curious growing up. What's more terrifying, earthquakes or tornadoes? Tornadoes, because you can like see them coming. It's like the whole prep and like the whole get ready and you're watching the radar and like you're watching. There's an amazing tool here called Nashville Severe Weather. And these guys do real time Twitter updates and they jump on YouTube. So like, we'll just be in our basement with Nashville severe weather on YouTube and they're telling us exactly what's going on. Um, but an earthquake, you know, it just, it comes and that's it, you know? This, this and, is... and then you can kind of brace yourself for like, you know, the aftermath, but you don't see earthquakes coming really. This is fascinating because everybody, she said the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody I know who's a Midwestern who now has moved out to California, says the direct opposite because <laughs> i think it may be yeah. like what you're not you're not you didn't grow up with it so you're just not used to it and it's that's what makes it really terrifying yeah that's probably true but uh, i i was when i lived in phoenix there was a big huge earthquake out in the middle of uh, the desert and it scared the bejesus out of me and I mean, I was a Boy Scout in a tent when the tornado hit like a quarter mile from and blew all these people. That was scary, but this was even more scary to me. But I think it's just because I grew up with it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so a social media person, do you update stuff? Do you hate it? Do you love it? What's your feeling about it? Do you just do it because you have to? I mean, I I kind of have a love hate relationship with it. I see its um, I see its its power. I see its purpose um i also see that it can be kind of like a worm and it can kind of sneak in like i'm glad that i didn't have it as a kid to be honest i'm glad that i know life without it so i can remind myself you know to be without it for periods of time like i'll take it off my phone sometimes and just let it lie um but with a record coming out uh i can't really do that right no. now and so i'm trying to just you know, it's, it's all about managing your relationship with social media. For me, it's like, it can be a very cool tool and it can be really fun. 
Um, I think it gets hard when you start doing like the comparison game or the numbers game, you know, it's like you sort of have to just do it and do it without any expectation. Just do it because it's fun and, and it's a tool that'll help. I think when it, what did they say um, about like social media and there's something, there's something about the language, like, you know, the fact that it's a tool um, I'm going to totally botch it. I think as long as we use it as a tool, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, instead of something that, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, you shouldn't be able to get addicted to a tool. Yeah. So this is what is, this is what it is. It's, we are the users of social media, which implies some kind of addiction, right? Being a user. Yeah. It's kind of so, got a, the wire kind of vibe to it now that you say it out loud yeah it's it's (laughs) it's an interesting thing and i think as long as we can understand that this is a tool we can be safe from it and use it as a tool not as some kind of i don't know friend or gauge of how you know successful we are how likable we are or you know these kids that that don't really have the 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 development or the knowledge of life without it, I think put a lot of weight on um, how they're, you know, seen on social media and how people are reacting to them. And I think that they put a lot of weight and worth. Um, and, and that's scary. If I had a kid, I don't think I would let them do social media. <laughs> it's like trying to keep the ocean back as a father will- too. I mean, I, I, it's so interesting. Do you, do you want to talk about this a little bit? I mean, I, I know we want sure. to talk about music, but so How I've got a, I have a, I have a 20 and a 17 year old. Okay. Uh, yeah. And my, my 20 year old was all about social media from day one. He's got like, I don't know. He's, I don't know how many people he has on TikTok. He does these funny TikTok videos and love stuff and he, and he likes it and it's fine uh, stuff. And my younger son's like, nope, not doing it. He has no Facebook. He has no Twitter. He has no Instagram. He's like, why would I want to mess with that like I don't want to deal with that so and in some ways I'm really I mean, I'm proud of both of them but that's really amazing that a kid who was born in 2004 can just like nope not doing it and doesn't care totally well and interestingly maybe he sees people being putting like so much thought and so much weight into it and on it it's like why would I waste my time doing that when I want to go play sports or when I want to go watch a movie or when I want to go on a hike or whatever yeah no, he, he kids are fascinating because you raise them exactly the same way and they turn out totally different and that you and you and neither one are you or your wife they're just not they're them their own people in some ways it's it's fascinating and it's also very i don't want to say humbling but it, it's it's good it's good to learn that like no you don't get a exact they're their own person they have their own things and that's good so no it, it's it's been really interesting he's an old soul though he uh he loves Frank Sinatra. Like he loved, I wish my dad was still alive because my dad was a big band guy, big band uh, jazz player, but on, uh, he played trumpet and he would get such a kick out of my younger son. Cause he's, he loves all that stuff. It's just yeah. fascinating. So maybe he's kind of uh, your dad. He might be a little bit, uh-huh. which is that's just, cool. it's just funny. Cause he'd be just like, Oh, this stuff, this is terrible. I would rather. And he calls him, he calls Frank the chairman, which just cracks me up. The chairman <laughs> would never do that. Okay. (laughs) Hey, so my 2022 question is I'm a big vinyl nerd. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you are or not. 
Uh, yeah. I never threw my, I'm 54. I mean, when, when CDs came out in the early nineties, everybody's like, get rid of vinyl. It sucks. And I never did. I kept all of it. And I have all my dad's, my dad has like, he had like over 250 jazz albums. Whoa. So this is, this is me selfishly just wanting your input because I, I, I really think you're an amazing artist and uh, you're super talented and it's, it's really cool to get to talk to you. So uh, what's an album, what's a vinyl album that I probably don't have in my collection but I should totally have it. What's one that I should totally have? I mean, it's new, but, and and this is, I'm just off the top of my head because this is like my favorite band right now. And they have their records on vinyl and they care about what the vinyl sounds like. Do you know that band Mapache? No, see, this is why I'm asking. This is how I get to learn stuff. They're amazing. They have at least one album out on vinyl, maybe two and one forthcoming. They're a duo out of Southern California. They're out of LA and they just, it's just two of them. They play guitar. Uh, I'm pretty sure Sam is left-handed. So when they're playing guitar, you know, one's like this and like, it like Paul and Paul and John back in the Beatles kind of look. Yeah. And they share a mic and they sometimes sing in Spanish and they write their own songs. They're just amazing. And the sonic quality is, is really incredible. I think their new record, I think, don't quote me on this. I think they recorded in Stinson beach at one of my favorite studios where I've done records before called panoramic. Um, and yeah, I would definitely check them out and get their stuff on vinyl. I'm going to do it. Do it. Don't tell my wife, but I'm buying it. Do it. <laughs> so tours coming up. When are you going on the road? I saw some dates up on your webpage, but I don't remember exactly, but it's pretty soon. Yeah, I'm not doing, you know, it's funny. I feel like for the, for a lot of musicians, um, the pandemic did one of two things. It really made you miss the road and want to get back out. Or it really made you realize how nice it is to sleep in your own bed and have a home and be a little more sedentary. So I've been trying to get back in and have a little bit more of a balance. So I will be doing some some pretty like stout touring um, later in the fall. Um, And this summer it's festivals and some privates and you can go to my website, but... I do have some stuff coming up. The the one I'm most excited about is it happens in Nashville. It's free. It's called Musicians Corner. Um, I'm playing it the day my record comes out, June 3rd, and the Watson Twins are playing too, and a couple other really cool bands. Um, and then yeah, I'm doing some stuff with Phil Lesh this summer. Sometimes I tuck in with his band, and uh, Dawes is going to be playing uh on the same show as as me which will be really cool i love when that happens there's such a killer band such great singers um and then yeah festivals and and some more sort of uh you know um thick touring in the fall which the dates will be announced shortly that's cool i hope you make it here yeah me too um yeah some stuff's gonna get announced pretty soon actually and i might be coming your way that'd be great do you do you have any thoughts about Kansas City? Do you like it? You don't care. It's just another another town on the road, or no? I mean, I love it, and I love you know just exploring the Midwest more. You know, the more I do, the more I kind of grow to to understand it and love it, and you know, see the changes. It seems like it's changing a lot. 
Um, yeah, it's much cooler now. When I was in my 20s, it was not, I've always, I feel I'm kind of jealous of the younger, they get to do all these, I was like, why did they have that when I was in my 20s? Yeah, but they don't have the grit that you have. That's right. They know? don't have the grit and they aren't turning silver no. before their very eyes. But no, it, it's it's very cool. They've done some really good things here, which is nice to see. And and I, you know, I tell people it's a great see. I don't, I love how it is. I mean, we're really spoiled. Um, and right in the middle of the country where you can get anywhere really quick too. And we're getting a new airport, which will oh, be amazing cool. because the old one sucks. <laughs> What's your favorite thing to eat? where you live like what what should be our spot or a stop when we come okay so i am a vegan which you know in the barbecue capital well everybody thinks yeah. you know memphis thinks they are texas thinks they are kansas city thinks and what north carolina i'm going to get an email from somebody be like you idiot you forgot such and such but i'm trying to name them all yeah uh, but there's this really i tell everybody because a lot of people i know especially in bands especially west coast bands you have a fair amount of either vegetarians or vegans Totally. So, so there's this place in Westport, which is, you know, right in the middle city. It's called Char Bar. Char Bar. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they have barbecue, but you can get the regular burn ins, Kansas City, stop your heart, you know, take five Lipitor on the way out the door, regular barbecue. But you can also do uh, barbecue jackfruit. And barbecue jackfruit is really good because for some reason, the jackfruit, which is, you know, from Southeast Asia is the consistency is like pulled pork. It's really, and you know, I used to eat meat a long time ago. So I've had the real thing and it's, it's scarily close to the point. Like you almost want to be like, is this really vegan? Did I really get the right thing? So Uh, it's not a texture thing for you. Being vegan is like, you can still eat things that have like a texture, a meaty texture. Yeah. No, I, uh, my father that we just were talking about did you watch mad men at all i had to kind of stop because it was sort of triggering at the time (laughs) in my life but yes i i definitely i think i made it to the last season so don draper my dad would have been the same age and uh he was an asshole like don draper he he treated my mother lovely they were married for 40 years but just that generation they smoke constantly you know my dad was a senior in high school in 1946 they thought smoking was good for you Mm-hmm. he smoked all the time he drank too much and he played gigs right up but he had two heart attacks and then a triple bypass like right when i was in college wow. and um i was bad nikki i was not a good like i wasn't eating chicken i wasn't eating fish i was eating barbecue i was eating burgers i was eating you were going for it yeah all the stuff that's really bad for you and the doctor doctors never call you in your house right you get like because they just you know they're too big he called me uh I was 19 years old. And he said, your, your cholesterol is like 300 and something. And I was like, holy shit. And I just watched my dad go through that. Um, So that was it. I just said, nope, not doing that. And they just checked me out recently and I'm still fine. So I gave up cheese, all of it, because I did not want to do that. Yeah. So no, but Charbar, check it out. It's really good. And they've got this super cool outdoor space, right? We're all about outdoor spaces now. Uh, But uh, if you do shit, let me know. I'll buy you guys a meal. All right. I'll take you up on that. Well, this is so nice. Uh, like I said, I followed you for a long time. I, I love your voice. Um, and I really love hearing more of you. This is your point of view. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that that's accurate. You know, I spend a lot, a long time sort of um, trying to, to, to do what people, other people wanted me to do or fill expectations other people had for me and make other people proud. And this, I think is the first record where I was like, 
no, no more. This is, I do this for me. This is for me. Which is, and, and that comes through. I, it really, the authentic, I mean, nothing, the earlier stuff you didn't do was not authentic, but just the authentic factor of this to me really resonated. Thank you. Well, I sure appreciate that. And I sure appreciate you listening and sharing and spreading the word. It means a lot. It's always nice to meet people that you admire and respect their craft and then meet them and they're super cool. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I, I appreciate it. When you, you come to KC, let me know. I will. And I hope you, uh, I hope you like Mapache as much as I do. All right, Nikki, you be safe. Okay. Thank you. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. You can choose the thoughts that dance or die in your head. Stop asking why you said what you said. Cause tomorrow you get to try again. Nikki Bloom, everybody. Really enjoyed that a lot. Down, show notes. New album is coming out soon. June 3rd, which will be here almost, you know, any day now. And I see on her Instagram, she is signing things furiously of the new album and sending them out. So uh, check that out. I think she's doing vinyl too, if I remember correctly. So that was so much fun. Thanks so much, Nikki. That's going to do it for this week. But one week from today... I have Chastity Brown on. Chastity is an amazing singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist from uh, Minneapolis. And it got real heavy, real quick with her. And that's a good thing. We need talks like that more in the world. Uh, and, and be absolutely uh, honest about what America is in 2022. Uh, but her music's great, too. So it's not all the heaviness, but, you know, I feel it. my job on this podcast is to shut up and listen uh, a lot of people don't do that and we need to so uh, one week from today chastity brown until then i'm, I'm still recovering people I, I i'm a i'm a dope i thought i was going to be able to play a show two days after foot surgery where they literally drilled a screw into my foot and that didn't happen because i'm 54 <laughs> it's not it's not it's not as easy to recover. So I, I'm uh, out of the cast, back into the boot, sitting here uh, in my office in a fair amount of pain whenever I have to get up and walk around. But they assure me it's going to get better. It's just the process. So uh, I'm going to be back out playing with my buddy Matt here in a couple weeks. So I'll let you know. Until then, you know what I'm going to say. Go out. Support live music. We'll talk real soon. Bye-bye. Just let go of what you don't know. Surrender.